0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In this week's episode, I speak with Brooke about the birth of her daughter. Brooke also takes us through her breastfeeding complications post-birth and how this led to some mum guilt. This is a really great episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording and let's get into it. Hey Brooke, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, Thanks, thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our podcast listeners a little bit about you and your family?
1: Sure. Um, uh, Just me and my husband Ross. We live, oh, and our daughter Phoebe. (laughs) She's uh, she'll be turning one next
0: week, and um, we live here in Dunedin. And yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Were you planning on trying to fall pregnant? Do you want to take us through that?
1: Yeah. um, We, we were kind of trying, but not really trying. Um, we had planned to get married. Uh, we had our wedding, everything underway, planning for March of last year. And it was October of, you know, the year before. And we were kind of like, Oh, you know, we'll just see what happens, you know. And, uh, I got pregnant. (laughs) So. It wasn't super planned. It was kind of like we could do it now or we could wait until after the wedding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were happy about it anyway.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or you had other symptoms? Um, no. So I was, um, actually tracking my cycle with,
1: um, temping. So taking my temperature oh, in the yeah. morning when I woke up. Yep. So I, I found that quite, um, effective at, tracking my ovulation because since we were planning to get pregnant after the wedding I thought it would be good to have that knowledge um yeah so I was having high temperatures um and my period was due in a few days and I thought it was like I think I had two days of high temperatures in the morning and that's a sign that you know you could be pregnant and I I said if I have a high temperature tomorrow morning I'll take a test and then I did so I took a test at like five o'clock in the morning when I got up for work and yeah it was positive and I um yeah I came and woke up my husband and I was like oh I don't want you to be mad but <laughs> of course he wasn't mad and he was happy and it was great but I just had this thing like what if because we're getting married like it, you know but it was obviously fine and he was really excited so yeah it was great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And did you have many other symptoms after that? Did you notice any changes um, in that first trimester? Oh yeah. I was really, really sick.
1: Um, oh, no. Yeah. I was one of the, the people that are really, really sick. Um, I had hyperemesis. I lost a bunch of weight. Um, I was on, on Danzatron three times a day, which was disgusting, but you know, it. I mean, I didn't have a choice basically yeah um I'm an early childhood teacher as well so I I missed a bunch of work because it's not a great job to be in when you're really sick yeah yeah um and yeah I it was quite bad um it did kind of go away ish by about 20 weeks but I was still vomiting every day I just wasn't vomiting all day I would vomit in the morning oh my gosh you poor thing yeah it was yeah, it really, it was really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. And once that sort of started to subside, did you notice any other pregnancy symptoms that you maybe hadn't focused on because you were so sick? Um,
1: yeah, I, um, well, I, I got pregnancy induced asthma, which I didn't actually mm. know was a thing. Yeah. Um, so that was no fun. Um, reflux was quite bad as well. Um, but I was just having a lot of Gaviscon. <laughs> so that kind of kept that at bay, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, no, apart from that, just the nausea was, and the vomiting was just, um, it was all encompassing, you know, it was, yeah, it just took over everything basically.
0: Yeah. And how were you feeling with the changes in your body? Obviously you said you lost a lot of weight um, with the hyperemesis, but once you started to get a bump, how were you feeling and adjusting to that?
1: Um, I was quite happy about that because, you know, it was nice to have some proof that I'm pregnant, <laughs> Yeah. And cause you kind of get into the stage where it's like, you could just be gaining a little bit of weight or you could be pregnant, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, no, I was, I was stoked with that actually.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And did you have a plan of what you sort of hoped your birth would be like? Were you going through a midwife or an obstetrician hospital birth center? Did you have any of those options? Um, yeah, so I had a a midwife and she's
1: great. Um, but in Dunedin, we actually don't have a birthing center. So you only have really your house or the hospital. Um, which was fine because, you know, I, I did entertain the idea of a home birth (laughs) at the very, very start of my pregnancy. Um, but like because I was just so sick, I was just like, no, I, I can't even fathom that, you know. Um, so no, I, yeah, I had my great midwife and, um, we actually had a couple of complications in the pregnancy so i i wouldn't have been able to um have a home birth anyway yeah um, yeah so but i was no i was very happy to have a hospital birth it was all all good
0: yeah awesome and were the complications with you or with the baby um with the baby
1: yeah we found out at the 20 week scan that she only had one kidney um so we talked to a bunch of different people and it, some people were some midwife not my midwife like her backup midwife was saying that you know that you'd have to get induced and the baby might have to go to the neonatal unit and I was really stressed out and um but then we had a we got referred to an obstetrician just for that particular issue and he was like what do you mean she's got one kidney that's fine (laughs) like and I was like okay like I don't know you know I'm not a doctor um yeah so it was quite stressful but once, you know, everything worked out fine in the end, so it's all yeah. good.
0: Yeah, awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or anything like that before you went into labor?
1: Yes, we did. We went to an antenatal class that was over a weekend. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it was fine. I like it so much about the labor, which was, like, great to learn. But I was kind of of the opinion that the labor – is going to happen regardless, you know, like you can have information, you can make informed choices about pain management and all those things. But, you know, they talked about C-sections for like 10 minutes and like, if people are going through a C-section, it's, they probably need more information than that. Yeah. Yeah. And like they were quite anti pain medication, which, you know, is fine, but a lot of people use it and it's a perfectly valid thing to choose. And I thought they were quite, quite shamey about, uh, breastfeeding like it was is everyone going to breastfeed and everyone was like yeah of course and then they're like oh if you do formula feed just follow the instructions on the tin and like I just didn't really think that was really kind and you know just yeah but I did meet some friends um there which was really cool and we still hang out all the time so that was really great
0: yeah Awesome. Yeah, I think if um if I've learned anything from doing this podcast, it's that a lot of people make great friends from antenatal classes, even if they don't get anything else much out of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was worth it for that.
0: Yeah, awesome. And did you end up going into labour spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Uh, yeah, I did. I um
1: I actually had three stretch and sweeps from my due date um and like the days after because I was just desperate to go into labour because I was still still vomiting um yeah and then I was four days overdue and I was laying on the couch like eight o'clock at night and oh I just need to go to the bathroom and I stood up to go to the bathroom and then my waters broke like I mean it was kind of like what happens in a movie you know and Mm -hmm. um I was like okay um so I rang the midwife and I said oh you know I think my waters have broken And, and she's like Oh, so just put a pad in, and if the pad is soaked in an hour, then you'll know it was your waters. And I think she, maybe she thought I'd wet my pants or something, but I knew I didn't um, Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was really excited. I was like, oh, yeah, and then I'll have a shower and stuff, you know. And I um, so, yeah, I did that, and then I thought I'd watch Notting Hill on Netflix. I don't know. I was like, I'll just watch a movie so I can calm down and then maybe go to bed Um, because I'd had a scan about, two days before this, and um, the baby was posterior. So my midwife was thinking that the labor would be probably about 36 hours or so for a first-time mum. So I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be ridiculous. And um now I got about two minutes into Notting Hill. It was about 9 o'clock, and the contractions started. and They were kind of manageable for maybe like 10 minutes, and then they were just full-on, like they weren't – very long only about 40 seconds but every two minutes you know and the pain was just extreme like I was you know I was thinking I was gonna go to sleep so this was not what I had <laughs> what I had in mind so we rang the midwife again and she kind of suggested some things like have a bath and a shower and, and go on the yoga ball and all that so we I, I did all those things and it just I don't know it was really bad <laughs> it was really painful and it was really all happening really fast you know um, so my husband rung her again about 1130 and he's like, you know, Brooke's in a lot of pain. Like I think maybe you need to come around and check her because that was the plan that we wanted to know how far along I was before we went to the hospital. And, um, so she came round uh, just after midnight and she checked me and I was in bed at this point, like in a lot of pain. And she was like, Oh, I think we need to go to the hospital now. You're seven centimeters.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I was like, okay, let's go. And then I said to her, when we get to the hospital, I want to have an epidural. And even though I had said I didn't want to have an epidural, but I was in a lot of pain. And she was like, okay, we'll, we'll sort that out when we get there. And then I found this out afterward, but she turned to my husband, shook her head and was like, mm, mm, (laughs) like, she's, it's too far. She's too far gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get in the car and we go to the hospital, which is, I mean, it's a 10 minute drive, but it was just really the worst drive ever. Um, and we get in there and my midwife was there and her her student midwife was there who I'd met a bunch of times. She's really nice. That was good. Um, and I basically just got on the bed and lay on my side and closed my eyes and was just, you know, trying to like deal with the contractions and, um, they offered me like, a, do you want to go in the pool? Do you want to go in the shower, on the ground, on a mat, or, you know, all the different positions? And I was just like, no, 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 no. I just mm-hmm. want to lay like this. This feels okay, so I'll lay like this. Um, they offered me the gas, which I tried, and it just made me feel really sick. So I didn't have any of the gas. And so this kind of went on for a wee bit. I was having contractions and getting getting a lot closer together and quite a lot more painful Um So I asked for uh, an epidural again and um, my midwife, like I knew, I knew that I couldn't have an epidural. I knew it was too late, but she's like, I'll have to do an exam if you want an epidural. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then she's like, Brooke, you're 10 centimeters dilated. The baby's head is right there. I can feel it. And I was like, Oh, okay. You're like, Oh, I can't do it. You know, that whole part where you can't do it. And, um, yeah, and then not long after that, it was about 2.30 in the morning at this point, um, I started pushing. And pushing was really – I found it really strange. Like, it just kind of happened. Like, I didn't – like, if you were in the forest, you know, and you went into labor, you wouldn't be able to stop. It would just – Yeah. it just, like, happened to you, you know, and you're like, oh, my gosh, so you're trying to push. And my midwife and the student midwife were, like, coaching me on when to push and – um Yes, yeah, so I pushed for about about twenty five minutes, and then they were kids on saying they could see her head, and I was like, "How much of her head is out?" Because in my <laughs> head, her whole head must have been out because it was so painful, you know. <laughs> and um, they were like, "Oh, we can see the top of her head," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I really need to work hard because I just want this to be, you know, I want her out and I want this to be done." And um, yeah, then so I pushed, and um, she came out, and yeah, it was really. It was, yeah, just such a weird thing because you go from being in so much pain, like, oh, and then I just flipped over onto my back and then the baby's, you know, the baby's there and they're mm-hmm. holding this baby. Like, oh my goodness. And um, so we had planned to do like skin to skin straight away and have the delayed cord clamping, but her cord was really short. Um, I don't remember the measurement, but it was super short. They couldn't even put her onto my chest. Oh, Okay. Um, They would have had to put her like basically just like on my lower stomach if they were going to put her anywhere. So they just kind of held her there and until the cord stopped, um, you know, pulsing and then they cut it and I had her up on my chest and they were like, she's so big. She's so big. And I was like, no, she's not. Like she just looks small like a baby. And, uh, no, she was big. She was 10 pounds. So, oh, she was um, big. Yeah. Pretty big. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then I, my midwife was like, like a wee bit of time passed and she's like, Oh, do you, do you think you can push the placenta out? And I was just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, just, I'm just to push it. She's like, okay, like you're going to have to change position. Like this is just not going to, you know? And, um, so I got into a different position and pushed the placenta out, which was quite, um, it was quite graphic. I thought, you know, it's quite, I don't know, like the baby's one thing, but the placenta, it's just really, it's a bizarre thing, birthing the placenta. Like it's, um, yeah, I don't know. That was full on. I didn't
0: like that part very much. <laughs> yeah. And did you need the injection or did you just, it, the, that no, stage just I happened hit. naturally? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think I was in the wrong position because I was, when I tried to push it, I was on my back. So it wasn't like the best position to, yeah, to, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And did you know that she was a girl before she was born or was it a surprise?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that I wouldn't because how
0: exciting to have a surprise.
1: But I was was like, I need a reward.
0: Yeah. Oh, so hard. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Awesome. And did you have any um tearing or anything like that? There was obviously a fast birth and a big baby for your first time.
1: Um, yeah, I did have tearing and I had to get some stitches, but they were all external. Um, but I have to say that stitches was more painful than, than <laughs> the birth. Like it was just, I was like, can I have an epidural now? <laughs> like this is yeah. this really, really painful. And, um, my midwife tried to stitch them and I, she kept, they kept on saying, you have to relax. And, you know, I was just, I could not relax. Like I just could not. Yeah. Um, and so they waited until everything else was done. Like, uh, the baby had been weighed and everything. And then they were, I could tell that everyone wanted to kind of go home. And I was like, oh, okay, like you can try and stitch me again. And um, they they like numb you a little bit, but it's,
0: yeah, it's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, so many different women have different experiences with getting stitches and some people say, oh, I didn't even notice. And other people are like, oh, my God, it was way worse than. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think um, it's really interesting hearing people talk about that.
1: Yeah, because they have to assess to see if you need stitches and that's really painful too because they're just you know lifting around trying to like and it's just excruciating (laughs) well there's lots of mums out there that it was not painful for
0: yeah and so were there any complications um because she only had one kidney or they weren't worried about it once she was born um no we did have to have the pediatrician come just to make sure and um
1: they wanted to like Really set us up with breastfeeding and making sure that she had colostrum and stuff because they didn't want her getting dehydrated. I mean, you don't want any baby to get dehydrated, but yeah. you know, because of her kidney. Um, and then, yeah, we had a scan when she was six weeks old. But yeah, nothing like straight away, no Niku or anything like that. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And were you planning on trying to breastfeed? Uh, yeah, I was. I didn't, uh, I didn't even consider the fact that
1: I wouldn't breastfeed. I always, you know, of course I was going to breastfeed um hmm. but it just, she basically never latched, um, even straight after birth and, you know, I've got her on me and everything. She wouldn't latch, um, which was fine, you know, like that's, that's quite common apparently. And, but we had some express colostrum and she had that because since she was so big, they had to check her blood sugars and everything. Um, so we ended up staying in hospital for about five days to try and get her to latch. And, with like every lactation consultant at the hospital and every midwife and my midwife. Um, it was really, really stressful. Um, she basically only latched three times, I think. Yeah. So it was, it was really, yeah. Looking back, it was really hard, but when I was in it, you know, I just kind of was like, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, she didn't eat for a couple of days and I just don't think that was that good, you know? Um, because you know, no one in the hospital talks about supplementing. It's like, you can't even say the word formula in a hospital, you know? Mm. So I, I found the whole thing, you know, a lot of the midwives were like, Oh, well, she's so big. Like it doesn't matter. She's got reserves. And I was kind Mm. of like, that's not really the right attitude. Is it? I don't know. That's a real shame. Yeah. So that was really hard. Um, We went home with a breast pump from the hospital and, even with the breast, like pumping express milk and giving it to, um, Phoebe, you, they don't want you to use a bottle. They wanted you to do a finger feed. Mm -hmm. So you put the, you know, the, this like straw thing on your finger with sellotape and then put the finger in the baby's mouth and someone has to hold the bottle of milk up so the baby can drink it out of the, which is just, I mean, no one's going to do that. Like, well, I wasn't going to do that. That was just, yeah, no way. So when we got home, I put all my express milk into a bottle that I'd brought when I was pregnant and Phoebe drank the whole bottle and, you know, we to sleep. So I, um, I continued to pump for six weeks. Um, but I wouldn't do it again if I had another baby. I, it was very stressful, um, really emotional. I really didn't enjoy it. Um, she started sleeping through the night about five weeks old and I still had to get up to pump. Yeah. So being up at the night pumping when your baby is asleep was
0: just, yeah.
1: Yeah, it probably Not makes the, you quite
0: resentful.
1: Yeah, and it seems like everyone else in the world is asleep except for you, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Oh, that's a real shame. That I, I, it always yeah. makes me really annoyed when I hear mums, um, and especially first-time mums, talk about their experience with, um, whether it's a hospital or a midwife who don't even – discuss the option of supplementing with formula i understand that it's not for everyone and everyone has different opinions but doesn't matter if your baby's big she still she still needs to be fed so that's a real shame that you had that experience
1: yeah yeah it wasn't super pleasant um but you know if i if that happened again i would just go to formula i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't go through that i wouldn't let any mean old midwife you know (laughs) make me feel bad it's just not worth it you know it's yeah as long as you're feeding your baby, you're a good mum, it doesn't matter yeah.
0: how you feed the baby as long as yeah. it's appropriate, you know? Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I bet you she's a happy, healthy, thriving baby now. <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so how were you feeling? Um, I guess your physical recovery from birth, how did you find that?
1: Um, yeah, pretty good. I it was, you know, if I sat down too too fast or something, I was like, oh, But I was, yeah, it was fine. I found it pretty easy. I was out and about a lot, but not pushing it too much. Just, you know, trying to, we'd take the dog out for a walk and stuff and take Phoebe in the pram, but no, it was, it was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And what about your emotional sort of recovery? Obviously after you've stopped pumping, I imagine you had a really different mindset.
1: Um, Yeah, I did. I mean, stopping pumping was a huge relief. I was so happy, but also looking back to some of the feelings that I was having, they probably weren't super healthy. You know, I like I went on my Instagram and I unfollowed everyone. I knew who breastfed because I couldn't (laughs) see it. (laughs) No, but at the time I was just so resentful, even though I knew that Phoebe was happy and fit. Yeah. And I think because she was quite an easy baby, you know, when quotation marks, like, I felt like I didn't, um, like I couldn't complain about anything because she was sleeping well and she had her bottles really well, but it didn't mean that becoming a mum wasn't hard. Exactly. Yeah. A huge change in your life, you know? Um, but I mean, after that I felt, yeah, I felt pretty good. It was just, I think adjusting to having a baby, you know, it's a, it's a huge thing and
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And is there anything that you would sort of, I guess, advice or just things that you've picked up along the way that you would tell other mums either first time or becoming a mum again, um, that you would do the second time around?
1: I think one of the, I had one midwife in the hospital who was super nice and she, she said something to me and I really, I think about it quite a lot is she said, it's your baby. You choose what's right. And because I was giving Phoebe a dummy and I felt like I had to hide that she was having a dummy because mm. it's like, well, I, you don't need to hide that, you know, cause it is your child. It's your choice. And if you, whatever you choose, you know, your birth plan, your feeding journey, you know, how you choose to sleep, whatever, it's all up to you and your partner or whatever to choose, you know? And I think, that's what I'd remember if I was to do it again
0: (laughs) yeah cool well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today Brooke I really appreciate it and I think you've got a great story and you've given some um, really great advice which I will absolutely take on board and I'm sure that um, other people will too so thank you all right thanks for having me thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast I really hope you enjoyed it I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.